You shouldn't remake The Princess Bride. It's a film that holds so many memories for people. They have an emotional bond that connects them to it. This is true for many fantasy-style films from that era. You shouldn't remake Labyrinth, or Neverending Story, or Willow, because these films will mean a whole lot to a lot of people. You shouldn't remake Silence of the Lambs, or Seven, or Shawshank Redemption, because they're of their time and classic and stories that will be told in an equally good or worse way if we choose to remake them. You shouldn't remake Monty Python in the Holy Grail, or Ace Ventura Pet Detective, or Mr. Bean, because those are character-based work defined by their actors. There's so many reasons not to remake something, and most of them are excellent reasons. But there's always magic and possibility when it comes to film and cinema. Sometimes there's a tiny idea that keeps growing, and sometimes... It's just fun to work through how it could be done right. I still have a lot to say about remaking The Princess Bride, and it turns out, so do you. So let's talk about that. But first, disclaimer time! This is not a review show! This community is passionate, opinionated, highly subjective, and so many, 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 many times incorrect. We don't objectively weigh any piece of art on any merits. What we will do is argue about the things that make entertainment beautiful and share the art created for us to consume while we live our lives. Thank you for joining me because we will be Discussing the adventures we have from inside the house. I'm on cool, I'm the York on everyone's bill. Murray, I've been broke in every sense of the word. And I, I keep chasing my next high score. Issues galore, I'm a walking, talking magazine. We all know that nobody reads. What's the use in words when they don't even understand me? Welcome to Discussing the Adventures We Have from Inside the House, a podcast discussing entertainment, how and why we consume it, and how it shapes our lives. And more importantly, a podcast that celebrates the things we like, even if nobody else does. My name is Tim Riel, and together we are Nerd Incorrect, people who love entertainment of every kind and always seem to fall in love with the properties and art that don't always follow the crowd. I want to kick off the discussion episode with a comment sent in by Tim Rowcliffe, who talks about remakes and their purpose in an interesting way. He says this, Roger Ebert was one of my favorite people. I had a couple of chances to meet him when I was used to attend the Toronto Film Festival regularly. He was always polite with fans and he truly loved movies. I remember an interview he once did where he was asked why there are so many remakes. And he explained that remakes were easy, they had, built an, they had a built-in audience. He also said they were lazy. His opinion was that it would be far more interesting for filmmakers to remake bad movies. Take films that had flaws, be it bad casting or bad effects or a plot issue, and fix them. For example, Tim's mentioning... Uh, Tim, that's me. For example, my mentioning of Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes, it was a decent summer movie. It had a great supporting cast... Paul Giamatti, for Christ's sake. But Mark Wahlberg was not a good fit. Imagine what Viggo Mortensen, Brendan Fraser, or Liam Neeson, because it was 2001, 
could have done in that role. And oh yeah, fix that ending, which was fine, but left audiences scratching their heads. Fun and very thoughtful episode. Kudos. Thanks, Tim. And uh, you're, you're, you're right. Um, for me, the Planet of the Apes, the real issue with re- the remake of the Planet of the Apes was changing the ending. That's it. I, don't, I didn't mind Mark Wahlberg. Could it have been done better by somebody else? Sure. Absolutely. The movie was fine. Uh, it was mostly a rehash of the, <laughs> of the original one. So I, didn't, I don't know what its purpose was really. And then finding out that they changed the ending, which in essence changes the whole idea of the movie. Like the whole point of the movie was that this was Earth and humans really messed it up. That's, that's the whole point. And then to take that away, to take away the point of the movie to say, oh, just don't go, uh, just don't go around places because it'll be very bad for you because there might be a, a planet there of aggressive apes. Uh, <laughs> this outer space isn't safe because there might be monkeys. Uh, that's, not a, that's not a good ending. Um, it's not the first movie that bothered me uh, because... Will Smith's I Am Legend, uh, great movie. It's it, it's good. I liked it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And then when I got to the end of the movie, I thought I knew how it was going to end because I had seen uh, the movie upon which it was based. The uh, it's it's pre remake as it were, and uh, uh, which was called Omega Man. And so I'm watching I Am Legend, and then at the end, when the big twist, the big moral of the story, the big allegory that is supposed to happen that you are supposed to take the big takeaway of the film uh doesn't happen uh he is being hunted by monsters and uh and and yeah and (laughs) and uh he's the hero and they are the monsters um omega man uh has the ending that i prefer because it has a point the point of it was finding out that the main character and his dog aren't like the last survivors of these monsters that are killing them. He's the monster. He's the boogeyman. He is going out and killing these uh, these beings. And they're only defending themselves because he is hunting them down and killing them in the night like the boogeyman. That's the whole point of the movie. The whole point of the movie is you think you're following the hero because he seems to have a good point of view where it's like, ah, man, these people, they're all trying to kill him. And so he's just trying to survive. And then when you find out that no, he's the boogeyman, that that, that was a lot for me. That, and it was it, 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 it impacted me. That was such an incredible piece of art and a message that was incredibly poignant. And then to watch I Am Legend and have that all thrown away, you're just like, well, what the hell was the point of that? And I've, I've told this to other people before. And then a friend of mine pointed out that he's like, Do you, that Omega Man the movie was based on a book. And the book ends the way... I Am Legend does. So technically, the movie that I think is the better version of it also changed the ending, the meaning, and the allegory of the story. So where does that leave me? Where does that leave me, guys? 
Am I wrong about Planet of the Apes? Is that what this means? Uh, it could be. Tim, uh, Tim, thanks for your uh, comment. And uh, <laughs> let me know. Let me know. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Also, I don't know if I would like to see Brendan Fraser in uh, Planet of the Apes. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> I love Brendan Fraser, but <laughs> I don't think Planet of the Apes would have been for him. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, that was Tim Rowcliffe's message. Thank you, Tim Rowcliffe. Uh, I am going to move on to uh, Janathi's message. Janathi uh, wrote in as well. And uh, this one was slightly different. Uh, this was a more uh, all-encompassing uh, comment uh, where she, uh, she breaks down a couple of points. Uh, her, her first point is uh, Spider-Man kept getting remade because they kept fucking it up. Uh, I, I mean, I can't deny that. Uh, I don't know if it's they kept fucking it up so much as uh, I think they lost faith in it. Because I understand Spider-Man 3 wasn't great. Uh, there was a couple of missteps. Uh, I, I, I feel like a Spider-Man 4 could have fixed it. I don't think they needed to reboot it. And then same thing, Amazing Spider-Man 2 wasn't great. But I don't know if uh, <laughs> if a reboot was necessary. Although I'm not really sure what the story behind the reboot there is. Because technically it wasn't really a reboot. I think it was Andrew Garfield's uh, and, and that production company weren't working with Marvel. I think that's all it was, because technically the reboot is that Marvel wanted Spider-Man in the Avengers. And so there's I feel like there was a licensing thing there. I don't think it was because Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man uh, was so terrible. I think it really was just a this company and versus that company type thing. I'd have to look into it. If anybody knows, write in, and uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll start... Uh, and maybe I'll start uh, talking about even older episodes in the next Discussing Episodes. Or maybe I put out a third podcast called Talking About Discussing the Adventures We Have from Inside the House. No, that's too much. <laughs> maybe I'll just make it a segment. <laughs> I'll just start talking about... Uh, this. Actually, you know what? Yes, that's what I will do. If you're listening to this and uh, and you've already uh, we've already moved on to other episodes, you can still write about this. You can still write about our first episode... You can write about all of our episodes. And you know what? I'm going to start including those in future discussing episodes. I will absolutely do that. That makes sense to me. We can start off the show with here are discussing the previous episodes before we get onto this one. There's no reason I couldn't do that. So, yes, tell me what you think uh, <laughs> about the Spider Man movies. Tell me if you know anything about the Spider-Man, uh, uh, the Tom Holland Spider-Man versus the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and why Andrew Garfield wasn't in Marvel. Um, if you know any of that information, write in. Let me know. We'll talk about it on the podcast. Um, then she says, I'm happy they didn't do another origin story. Like, okay, we get it already. Uh, yeah, 100%. Like, you no, know, everyone knows how Spider-Man got his powers. You don't have to, you don't have to do that whole story again. Um... And that, yeah, that, now we're getting into the meat of it because she, because she says, loving the property you're adapting really matters. You can totally tell when someone gets hired that doesn't understand anything about what they're making. Uh, <laughs> like the live action ATLA. Cough. Uh, not going to lie, I don't know what that means. And uh, I'm currently not Googling things. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is ATLA? You know what? I'm going to have to Google it now. All right, here we go. ATLA. This is good podcasting. You guys enjoying this? This is Tim on his phone looking up what ATLA could be. 
AT. Avatar The Last... Oh, of course. Why couldn't you just put Avatar or Airbender or something? Whatever. Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, that's... uh, That was weird. (laughs) Uh, To be fair, I haven't seen uh, more than five episodes of the series, and I did not see the movie. Uh, only because I have uh, I have too much I have too many other things to watch and uh, I didn't get grabbed in the first five episodes uh, and uh, yeah look I'm nerd incorrect I like the wrong things uh, so uh, don't at me uh, <laughs> Douglas Adams is indeed the correct way to keep adding to a property this is Janathi again uh, but some writers just need to stop talking I do think this is a case by case basis thing. Um, uh, I, th- <laughs> I think if everybody started doing what Douglas Adams do- did, uh, what, um, who just redid Justice League? I'm exhausted, guys. It's really late at night when I'm recording this. Again, great podcasting, Tim. Um, God, who's Justice League? Oh, you guys are all yelling at me right now. Schneider? <laughs> yeah, Rob Schneider's Justice League. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Justice League Snyder Jesus Christ the Snyder cut I was so close it wasn't Rob Schneider at all you can do it okay (laughs) oh boy Uh, so yeah uh, some writers just need to stop talking so yeah if everybody was doing that then you'd have like a lot of the Snyder cut thing and where everybody would just keep rewriting the thing and and never get it done so maybe that's not the best idea uh the uh back to janathi's uh uh, comment the idea of remakes reboots adaptations doesn't really bother me maybe it does something interesting and adds something to the property maybe it's done poorly and then you just never speak of it again which is again the most excellent point anybody who's worried about things being destroyed or you're ruining my childhood or you're gonna wreck this property yeah, so they're not deleting your property. <laughs> they're making a new one, and if it sucks, it'll be forgotten. Like no one's gonna like. I think the real fear is that it won't suck, and then what do you got? And that's I mean we we visited that in the original episode. Uh, <laughs> it's like we we put we invest so much of ourselves and our personality into these things, but um, it's dangerous. It's dangerous to do that because yeah. If they do remake it and it is better, then you've invested a lot of yourself into something that is obsolete. And I get it. I understand why that is scary. And then Janathi brings up an excellent point, and I think uh, I think it's just, it's a misunderstood point from the from my understanding of it. That doesn't mean that I'm right, uh, because I could be wrong about my understanding of it. But Janathi says. This is a game, not a movie or a show, but one thing that is confusing to me was the rumor flying around that Naughty Dog was remaking Last of Us. That was a game that came out in 2013. Uh, Yeah, so uh, it's not a rumor. It's absolutely true. Um, Naughty Dog was, and I don't know if they still are, but they definitely were working on a remake of a game that just came out. And uh, the idea was to remake it so that it played the same way as Last of Us Part Two. So with all of the added stuff, with all of the added graphics to update it for PlayStation 5, blah, blah, blah. 
But the real actual story behind it wasn't Naughty Dog thought, hey, we should remake this game. It was a studio that wanted to work with Naughty Dog or with Sony and uh, between projects, and they were between projects or something, or they had a team that delivered a project but wasn't going to be put automatically on another project. And so they decided to completely remake uh, The Last of Us. And just do it so that, one, they could work with the engine, they could work with something that's already there, and they can help improve it. And so it's it's basically like a test run kind of a thing. They were It was a proof of concept, but in the smart business way where they could have made a proof of concept and showed it off and been like, hey, here's what we can do and what we're thinking of just whatever the hell they wanted. And then that would have been shelved. They would have been, they would proved it, they got hired, and then it gets shelved. But this way... You're working on something that, if you succeed, uh, can be sold. So your training and your your working out of on stuff could uh, could definitely uh, could definitely get sold. So you won't have wasted all of that time just training and learning. You're able to sell the product that you were doing. Uh, and then <laughs> that company uh, showed their stuff off to Sony and uh, then Sony put that company onto another project and then gave what they were working on back to Naughty Dog and then Naughty Dog had to find a team to finish the reboot of Last of Us. So this isn't so much Sony and Naughty Dog saying we need a reboot of Last of Us. It was somebody doing a proof of concept and using Last of Us and is saying, look, we're doing it here to prove what we think it can be done and to show that we can do this and you should hire us to do these types of things and that we can do more than what you've been asking us to do. Uh, and also, once we're done, you can sell it. And so I think Sony was like, yeah, we could sell it, uh, but we need you to do this other stuff, so we'll just throw a couple other people on it and, uh, and then we will sell this because why not? It's already mostly done anyway. That's the story the way I heard it. Uh, I, I could be apocryphal. Uh, I could be talking right out of my ass. But uh, that's the story the way I heard it. And uh, finally, Janathi uh, wraps up with, Yeah, I can see how your Princess Bride remake could work. Amazing episode. Thank you, Janathi. Uh, thank you. Uh, I, I'm really proud of my concept for The Princess Bride. I love The Princess Bride so much. It is uh, one of my most favorite properties in entertainment. And uh, ever since reading the book, that that version of Princess Bride has been running around in my head. And uh, I'm really glad I got it down on the podcast because <laughs> Fred Savage is not getting any younger. And so <laughs> if... If hopefully somebody hears the podcast, somebody hears the podcast and it gives them the idea to run with it so that one, we can get Fred Savage back on TV doing God's work uh, and <laughs> and have, a, have it make sense uh, that, uh, that he's rewriting it for uh, a family or children. Uh, I don't want to wait until Fred Savage is uh, old enough to play the grandfather and then you just have a rehash. I don't, I don't want that. I, I definitely want it to be done sooner rather than later. Uh, but yeah, I was very proud uh, when I came up with it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's, uh, 
It's something that I, yeah. <laughs> It'd be cool if someone said, you know what, I really like that idea. Would you like to consult with, uh, with William to, uh, to figure this out? And I'd be like, Mr. Goldman, uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, this is my idea. This is all I got. Listen to the podcast. That's pretty much all I got. <laughs> and uh, for the last of the big uh, commenters, and uh, I save him for last, uh, most podcasts, because, uh, because, well, he deserves it. He puts in a lot of work into these things. Uh, Stupid Monkey uh, left, again, a very detailed step-by-step live tweet of uh, listening to the episode. So we're going to go through that together, you and I. So let's uh, let's take this bit by bit. Stupid Monkey starts with, <clears throat> I am always of the cultural grand acceptance of the hyperbolic statements. You're not wrong with how we all use them nowadays, but it does remove the specificity of when we actually mean it. Still, it's better than people using literally non-literally, though. That's true. Uh, that's a point I brought up right away, where it's like, I, I, I speak in way, 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 way hyperbolic statements. Uh, everything is the best, or the greatest, or wonderful, or amazing. Uh, everyone is my favorite. It's just, it's just the way that uh, I use language. Uh, and it does take away from that. Uh, even my friends are like, you say that I'm your favorite person ever, uh, but you also say that about everybody, so I don't even know if you like me or not. I do like you. Uh, I don't tell people I don't like that they're my favorite ever. (laughs) If I said you're my favorite ever, it's because you're my favorite ever. Okay? Okay. Um, (laughs) Then a couple of jokes. Wait, this isn't a review show? Uh, And again, another plug for Double Experience, uh, Bill Murray, the track, because Stupid Monkey came in and says, again, I still love this theme music, and I absolutely do. Uh, Double Experience really crushed it with the track Bill Murray as our theme song. Uh, Definitely go check it out if you uh, aren't already listening to it on Spotify or everywhere you listen to music. Grab that. They are dope. Uh, And then he goes on to say, uh, you really hit the nail about the idea that as long as some reboots work, they'll make them for everything. It's the same reason why network TV adapts shows from other countries as opposed to a new IP, like Big Brother or Shameless, for example. Yeah, it's the whole concept. Look, if it worked somewhere, it might work here. Uh, If it worked before, it might work now. If it made money before, it'll make money now. It's it's standard. That's just the way things go. Uh, And uh, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, and it also depends on who you are as a person. Um, There's an incredible show that uh, I am absolutely blanking on because it is too late at night. Uh, but it, Broadchurch, uh, the show in the UK is called Broadchurch. It went for five seasons, I believe, or five series because it is the UK. They don't do seasons; they do series. Uh, Broadchurch, starring David Tennant and uh, people, <laughs> uh, was an incredible show. Um, it got remade in America, and it's a show called Grace Point, and it has uh, Anna Gunn. Uh, from Breaking Bad and David Tennant. And it's phenomenal. And this may be sacrilege, and a lot of people are going to be upset about this, but, uh, I mean, you're listening to a podcast by Nerd Incorrect. 
so if you didn't think I had some spicy opinions and uh, I didn't like things a little bit different than you do, then <laughs> you're in the wrong place, bro. You did not read the marketing. You, you got to check the brochure. Did you read the fine print? Uh, I preferred Grace Point to uh, Broadchurch, and I'm sad that it didn't get picked up for more seasons because I truly believe uh, that for me personally, Grace Point was more pleasant to, to watch. It was an easier watch, uh, and it was a more entertaining watch than Broadchurch, which is not to say that Broadchurch wasn't incredible. It was absolutely incredible. I just really liked Grace Point. And so I think that's the idea. I think uh, because it works somewhere else, it might work here. Uh, remaking something in a completely different language for a completely different audience makes 100% of sense to me. That I get. That doesn't bother me so much. Like, uh, um, God, I can't, again, I'm blanking on all of these shows, but there's a show that I really love that was originally an, an Israeli show. So a show from Israel. And then it got remade uh, by American television. And, uh, and I really liked it. And I can't remember what it is because I it's late at night and I know a lot of shows. But just look it up, I guess. Look for an Israeli show that got made uh, American. You can write it in the comments. We'll add it in a future episode. <laughs> uh, Stupid Monkey goes on to say, uh, while we slash you do specifically refer to mostly reboots, a bit more explanation of the differences between a reboot, a remake, uh, a remake, which is very minor, typically a remake. Okay, so he's gonna like list these. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to rephrase this. So uh, I believe what Stupid Monkey is trying to say is, uh, I do lump. I, I do talk about remakes and uh, reboots and uh, and reimaginings and all the other things uh, slightly, but I don't really get into. Uh, I don't get into the weeds with it. Uh, I pretty much just lump them all into remakes. Which is disingenuous, and it was definitely done to uh, to, to strengthen my point, uh, which is uh, something I am wont to do. Uh, I will leave things out, or I will generalize things to make my my point uh, more uh, more true. Uh, but I believe what he's uh, trying to do here is just to make sure that we know that there is slightly different ways of remaking and retelling. So. Uh, there is the remake, uh, so there's the uh, uh, the difference between a reboot and a remake, uh, which is very minor. Typically, a remake tells the story, and a reboot is newish stories in the same concept or universe. So if yeah, so if you're gonna remake a movie, you're just retelling the story. So Planet of the Apes is a remake of Planet of the Apes. They change the end, but other than that, it's like it's there's just the same movie. But a reboot is, uh, you know what, I can't even think of what a reboot... Well, I think what the, what's happening with Ghostbusters right now. I think the new Ghostbusters is going to be a reboot. Uh, that type of idea. A passing of the torch, as they say. I do like that. It's in the same universe. The, the Ghostbusters existed, but, they, but uh, we are not following the, main, the original characters. We're following the new characters. Uh, an adaptation, which goes from one type of media to another. So, William Goldman uh, didn't remake his book into the movie The Princess Bride. It was an adaptation. And obviously, when you're going from media to media, things need to change due to the way stories are told in each of those medias. A sequel or a prequel, which is obvious. <laughs> we know what those are. The story that continues or the story that happened before the story. 
or stories that take place alongside but unrelated to another story. So those uh, th- those are called one-offs, basically. Uh, so think Solo or... Um, God, what's the good Star Wars one that was all by itself? The one where they... Uh, Rogue One. Uh, Rogue One. <clears throat> so basically the also-rans. Uh, <laughs> what Phantom Menace should have been. Uh, it should have been a also-ran. Um, and then he goes on uh, to, uh, uh, regarding changes in tone, uh, sometimes that takes time. When Aliens came out, people complained that it took a suspenseful survival horror movie like Alien and then turned it into a generic action movie. That was the complaint at the time, and it was, uh, it was widespread. But looking back, Aliens is almost as beloved, and especially in the face of everything that came after, uh, Aliens is not a throwaway action movie anymore. It is now a pinnacle of the genre. And so, although people were upset that they changed the tone, uh, people came around or it found a different audience. And arguably, Aliens is a more popular uh, part of the franchise. Terminator versus Terminator 2, same thing. Terminator 2 is way, the sequel outshines the original. <laughs> Making fun of me uh, about my story about uh, thinking Princess Bride was Romeo and Juliet. He says, uh, I love that part of Romeo and Juliet where he rolls down a hill shouting, as you wish. <laughs> Uh, and then he points out the argument that everybody I know makes, and uh, I don't know if I agree with this because I'm not a fan of them. Again, I'm nerd incorrect. Take it with a grain of salt. Uh, you do not have to agree with me. You probably don't. Uh, I, I wasn't a fan of any of them, but uh, this is a popular stance. Uh, nobody should make any remakes except the Muppets. You can always make a Muppet version of anything, and I would be okay with that. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm fine with it. Do what you want. Uh, I have not enjoyed uh, the Muppet, like Muppet Treasure Island or a Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, they were fine. They were fine. But I could also like live without them. Uh, Muppet remakes, uh, <laughs> for me, they live in the same place as a Woody Allen movie where it's like, this is humor for somebody, but it's definitely not for me. Uh, and hey, I know I just lost all of my listeners, uh, but look, I, I, I love, I love Muppets original stories and I love the Muppets, but I'm not a fan of their, uh, <laughs> when they remake stuff. Um, this is a point that I think I may not have made enough, uh, clear enough because, uh, a couple of people have brought this up, but he says there is no historical land of Gilder, Gilder and Florin are names of currency that while different were used interchangeably. Uh, yeah, to be very clear, I'm very aware that <laughs> the Princess Bride story and the land in which it takes place uh, is fictional, uh, but in terms of the reboot, uh, they wouldn't be. Uh, we, would, uh, we would have to suspend uh, belief and use our imagination that in our very real world, uh, Italy and the regions surrounding it uh, at one time were the kingdoms of Gilder and Florin uh, because he needs to be able to find the book. That's the whole point. The whole point is there's an, an encyclopedia about the history of these countries and this region. And if they didn't exist, 
there wouldn't be an encyclopedia about them. So this is uh, <laughs> this is our MacGuffin. This is the thing that needs to exist for the story to work. Uh, so yes, I am very aware that Gilder didn't happen in real life. It wasn't a real place. Uh, but in terms of the reboot or remake, uh, they would absolutely have to be <laughs> that. It would have to be that. Uh, he goes on to say, all your casting choices and logic for your remake are spot on. Well, thank you. That's very sweet. And uh, and then he says, as I said earlier, I have very little to add for this episode, which is clearly wrong. Like, look how long we've been talking about his uh, notes already. Uh, and then he says, you did an amazing job and deserve to pat yourself on the back. Hopefully this gives you something to work with. That is very sweet. Uh, I w- I, yeah, I, I did enjoy doing that episode. Um, it was very fun for me. I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so that's, uh, that's a stupid monkey. And, uh, and we're going to end on this one. Uh, my buddy, Steve, he wrote in and he said, uh, bro, you spend most of the time not remaking princess bride. (laughs) And then you kind of just rush through it at the end. Tell me more about your remake. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, a couple of people have pointed that out uh, That it seems that uh, I will theme a pod- an episode of the podcast around a property or something And then I will spend three quarters of it not talking about that And then just spending the last ten minutes talking about what the title of the podcast is And I understand that could be frustrating Maybe you were listening and you were like, I don't care about this I just want to know I just want to know about the remake of The Princess Bride uh, And like Steve did Steve's like, dude, you could have told me more about the remake Like, you, to get, get more into it And so uh, I don't really know how to get more into it But let's, let's do it let's, uh, let's get more into it So uh, the important points to hit are that Fred Savage uh, remembers this book, and nobody in his family knows where the book is, and so he doesn't have access to the book anymore. And so he's like, "Well, if my, I'll just go buy another copy." And so when he goes, he finds out that what his grandfather read him wasn't the actual Princess Bride, because the actual Princess Bride was mega super long and boring and dry and ha- <laughs> resembled more of an almanac than anything else and had just had the story kind of within it and you had to like pull the good parts of the story out uh, which again is what the novel is called and the premise of the novel is that William Goldman pulled the good parts out of this encyclopedic volume uh, to be able to tell the Princess Bride's story. And so then you're going to have, that's it. You're going to have Fred Savage, who's going to have this book. And he's going to be trying to remember the story as his grandfather told it to him. And he's going to be worried that he's misremembering stuff or forgetting stuff. And then he's also going to be questioning why some interesting parts of the book were never, like, why, why his grandfather didn't tell him about that part. And so what you're going to get is the grandfather has an edited version of this book with the parts of the story he felt were important to tell the tale. And then you're going to have Fred Savage, who is going to find all of those things, find that some of those things are uh, erroneous or they actually meant something else. And so we can replay famous scenes or old favorites in a way that changes a little bit the tone or the meaning or the importance of an event. 
uh, by uh, dressing it up or dressing it down, doing whatever we want. But more importantly, we can have a reason to have other scenes, different things happening to our characters, adding more story, which is why I don't think remaking The Princess Bride would work as a film. I don't, you don't have enough time to change enough things in The Princess Bride uh, in an hour and a half or two hours. So if you're just going to remake the movie, then I, I say forget it. Don't even bother. But I would love to see six hours. Let's do, uh, let's do six episodes of an hour long. And have every episode start and end with, uh, with Fred Savage. And also, because we love The Princess Bride so much... You don't want to just remake The Princess Bride and ruin it. So let's not have The Princess Bride itself be the focus of our show. It's uh, what's happening for most of the show, and that's where what most people are there for, and it is going to be the more entertaining part of the show. But let's also, let's make the theme of this uh, the, the Princess Bride remake, let's make the theme... The idea of sharing this thing that you loved as a child that was shared with you with the people you love in your family. We can make that the overarching theme of the, of the, of the show. It can be sharing the things you love. And maybe I'm biased because that's, that's, that's my mission statement with this podcast. The adventures we have from inside the house is about entertainment and the things I love about it and sharing my love and my understanding and my takeaways of entertainment with you. And so the idea of making the Princess Bride remake do the same thing, have it be about sharing things you love with other people. What what kind of nerds would we be if we didn't share all the things we love with everybody? And that's what the theme of this show could be. It could be discovering this thing, finding this thing, uh, sharing it with people, and have that be the heart of the of the of the show. Um, I don't know how much more uh, I could get into it, Steve. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you've got the previous episode where I talk about stuff, but I think that's the major thing. I think it's super important. Uh, that we add things and take away things and that it logically works because now we're working with a different narrator. And I think that's an important point to get across in the show is that the movie is narrated by Peter Falk. It's the grandfather. The grandfather is narrating this this movie. But now we've got a different narrator. And not only do we have a different narrator, but we have a different narrator with different experiences, a different life, a different lifestyle, a different stage in life. And a different outlook and a different reason for wanting to share this story. And so you can play with that. And again, it's a reason why nobody looks the same. Because it's not, they, the characters aren't the same because they're being told by somebody else. We have a different narrator. I just really love this idea, guys. I just, <laughs> I just love the idea of Fred Savage starring in the Princess Bride remake television show that runs for six episodes at an hour so six hours of princess bride and we can easily make it make sense because the movie was just the good parts of the of the of the whole story 
And why couldn't there be more good parts? I don't really have anything else to say about it, guys. Um, I don't think anyone should remake The Princess Bride. But if they do, I hope they hear this podcast and they and they call me. Because um, I would watch this. I think it's a good idea. Wouldn't that be cool? Let's float these good vibes out to the universe. And maybe, maybe William Goldman is going to hit us up and go, I really like your idea, nerd incorrect. Your whole fam damily is great. And then maybe we'll get to be part of something amazing. All right. Love your faces. Our theme music is provided by Double Experience. You can find the track Bill Murray everywhere you get music. The content that allows me to make this podcast is provided by my supporters at patreon.com slash nerdincorrect and on Discord and all over the socials. If you support us on Patreon, thank you. If you want to be part of that club, head on over to patreon.com slash nerdincorrect where you get early access to all of our podcasts, an exclusive podcast, and so much more. You can also join our Nerd Incorrect Discord server, The Incorrection, or subscribe to the YouTube channel by searching for Nerd Incorrect. If you want to continue contributing to the podcast, make sure to catch next week's episode of The Adventures We Have from Inside the House, and then drop your thoughts into our podcast-specific Discord channel or comment on the Patreon post of that episode. All comments on the Patreon will be featured, and if possible, all of the Discord comments too. I'm Tim Riel. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week as we explore the adventures we have from inside the house. I'm uncool, I'm the uncool that everyone's built. And that's alright with me. Cause I'm a walking talking magazine. We all know that nobody reads But what's the use of words when nobody understands me? What's the point of trying to be someone that I can't be?